Good morning. Today is Friday, 1st of October and you're listening to our conversation on the current events across the globe on What's New Today. Every day we take a few news stories and explore them with our young listeners. I am Sangeeta and my co-host is Adya and I'm in grade 5. People living in the United Kingdom are finding it hard to get fuel for cars at the fuel stations or petrol pumps as some of us call it. People in the UK are also finding it difficult to get enough groceries from their neighbourhood supermarkets. So you might be wondering if there's enough fuel in the country or if there's a shortage of both fuel and food. That's not the case. There's enough fuel in the country and enough groceries produced in their factories. The reason why fuel and groceries are not reaching the petrol pumps or grocery stores is that there just aren't enough truck drivers in the UK. Is it because of the COVID pandemic? The truck driver shortage is a little older than that. A few years ago, Britain was part of a large group of countries called the EU, which stands for European Union. Then Britain decided that they would leave this group or exit this group, which is called Brexit. Or Britain exits. That's simple to understand, right? So when Britain was part of the EU, a lot of truck drivers who were working in Britain then came from other countries in the EU. So as long as Britain was part of the EU, movement of labor was a lot simpler. There were fewer rules and regulations surrounding them. But when Britain left the EU, these truck drivers also left the country as there were some rules that made it much more difficult for them to get a license or a permit and drive within the UK. Of course, in addition to that, the few truck drivers who still remained in the UK had also left during the pandemic. So all in, there just aren't enough truck drivers in the UK as of now. So, let's see if I got this right. The UK has difficult laws surrounding foreign truck drivers. So, truck drivers can't come from the rest of the EU. So, if the UK removes all those laws that prevent drivers from coming in, would it solve the problem? Partly, yes. The UK has already announced that it would allow some 10,000 new visas for truck drivers. But they have a shortage of nearly 100,000 truck drivers. So, these new 10,000 visas alone may not solve the problem. Also, truck driving isn't exactly a very interesting profession. Not a lot of young people are keen on driving trucks for their livelihood. Really? I'd love to drive a truck. I think I'd almost feel like Hulk. Like, so powerful controlling and driving those big, huge trucks. As interesting as that sounds, it's also a pretty tough job. Involves driving long hours. In the UK, they drive, I think, about 9 to 10 hours daily. In India, it's much higher. Truck drivers drive for nearly 11 to 12 hours daily. And they don't get paid that well either. As a result, not a lot of young people find the profession of driving heavy goods or trucks very attractive. If it's such an important job for the country, like getting, transporting almost everything we need in trucks, won't paying people more then get young people to get into truck driving? 
So this is a very standard recommendation made by governments in many countries. Whether it is the UK today or other European countries or Asian countries, governments do ask people to pay the truck drivers much better salaries. But that alone may not solve the problem. So if there's no increase in pay and only 10,000 visas are given when the UK needs 10 times as much, this problem won't go away, right? Yeah, maybe temporarily the UK government has said that they will ask their army to step in if the shortage of drivers continues, as in the people from the army themselves could be asked to drive some of these heavy good vehicles to transport everything that you need to your supermarkets or bakeries and fuel stations. But in the longer term, they may need to look at changing the rules to make it easier for people to get licenses or permits to drive within the country. Last week in California, when the rain shower stopped for a brief while. A satellite from NASA was launched into orbit. It's called the Landsat 9. Is the Landsat an acronym for something? What does it mean? Landsat stands for Land Remote Sensing Satellite System. So remote sensing means when you sense or you track something remotely from a distance. So as the name indicates, this Landsat will be able to remotely track what's happening on the land on Earth. So this Landsat works by taking photographs of what's happening on Earth with incredible accuracy from such a distance. For instance, it can take images of how much area of a certain country or state or even a smaller territory is covered by forests. And then by comparing this image with an image taken, say, of a year ago, so they can have a very clear sense of how much deforestation or afforestation has happened. So if the USA or the UK or China says, Hey, look, we planted millions of trees more. Then this image will tell us if that really happened or not. Am I correct? That is correct. But can I look at the images? Can anyone look at the changes in forests and see? Yes, that is one of the big benefits of the Landsat satellites from NASA. NASA is making these images available for free. At least some of these images are definitely available for free. As I understand, they can be accessed from a couple of websites. If any of our listeners would like to explore these websites, the links to these are added in our show notes. The Landsat 9 is the newest in a series of satellites. The first Landsat satellite to go into orbit was in the early 1970s. So, we have nearly 50 years worth of images to compare and see how the land on Earth has changed. So, for those of you who would like to go and explore that website, you will have a lot of images to compare and see how much our forests, our waterways all have changed. Wow! Then we can see how much of the Amazon rainforests we've lost. Also, in many places in the world, people are converging or moving towards large urban centers. So, you can see them as well. Not just forests. You can see how much of our population is centered in large urban areas. So, over a 50-year period, if you had to go and dig up these images, you can see the kind of migration and changes in our population that has happened across different countries. 
So when people migrate, it also affects vegetation, people cut down forests, it can also affect groundwater levels. So this satellite can also send some of the changes to our water bodies, I mean the rivers, oceans, etc. Right? For instance, it has been monitoring the coral reefs around the world and how they have changed or in some places where we've even lost them or some of these corals have gotten bleached. Do I remember this correctly? If water gets warmer, some of the coral reefs are lost, right? That's right. That's one of the reasons we need to monitor the coral reefs because they can tell us how much warmer the oceans are getting. The images from the Landsat 9 are supposed to be so powerful and so accurate that uh, they can even tra track the behavior of animals and birds in the wild. So you could even track the migratory behavior of large wild animals in deserts, grasslands. So between images of coral reefs, glaciers melting, changes in forests, animal behavior, I think we should get a very good sense of how our actions are impacting the climate around us. I think my parents will be okay if I don't watch videos on screen and instead spend time comparing Landsat images. Good luck with 50 years of Earth images. That's it from us today. We'll be back tomorrow with a fresh new conversation on the current events for our young listeners. If you have any thoughts or questions, please email us at hello at wsnt.in. Link to this email is given in the show notes below. Thank you for listening.